بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وبه نستعين ونصلي ونسلم على خاتم النبيين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد اللهم لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العلم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا يا كريم All praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance And we seek guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala From the evils of our souls And the adverse consequences of our deeds Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees guidance upon, then none can misguide that person. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees misguidance upon, then none can guide him. And peace and salutations be upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My dear mothers and fathers, my dear brothers and sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ لَا يَشْكُرُ النَّاسِ لَا يَشْكُرُ اللَّهِ That the one who does not thank the people, then this person cannot thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because thanking the people is the lesser thanks. And thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greater thanks. And if we fail in the lesser, then we are more probably to fail in the greater. So this is the teaching of our beloved Prophet ﷺ. And it is with this introduction that I would like to begin today's talk by expressing gratitude to Fanar for the invitation and everyone involved in making this three-day lecture tour uh, a success. Alhamdulillah, I've been welcomed to Qatar very well. This is my third talk today. So I've really been welcomed, Alhamdulillah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant barakah in time, in energies, and in strength, insha'Allah. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is upon all able. I also want to express gratitude to you all for taking time, investing time. I won't use the word sacrifice. I know we've become accustomed to speakers saying, uh, we thank you for sacrificing your time. The time that you spend here is not sacrifice, it's an investment. It's not sacrifice, but an investment. Because you're sitting here is a means of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this worship means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you insha'Allah. And this reward means that insha'Allah for you is a greater jannah in the hereafter. So every second spent here is the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As if you are fasting a nafil fast. As if you are observing nafil salah. Alhamdulillah. So you haven't sacrificed anything, instead you have invested. So I thank you all for being inspired to invest your time and affording me your ears uh, and the opportunity to speak to you all. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the outset to make this a blessed gathering, a gathering surrounded by angels, a gathering that has come together for His sake, a gathering that is forgiven upon its departure. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite us together in Jannah, in the same way he has gathered us here today. Amen. As is a norm, as some people have said of mine, 
let me move this a bit back. I seem to be attacking it. As is a norm, um, I always choose to tread the path of reminding to a particular reminder at the beginning of every talk. And this reminder is a reminder to myself first and foremost, before it is a reminder to you all. And I said it this morning, and I said it this afternoon, and I'm going to say it this evening. And that is that we have come together, we have come together here, not to learn. And we have come together here, not to get to know one another. And we have come together here, not to see everyone's handsome faces, mashallah. And you all have handsome faces. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase your handsomeness. Ameen. Rather, we have come together as I proceeded to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you left your home and came here, your intention should have been the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is important. Because you have come to seek knowledge, to seek the inheritance of Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inshallah, what will be shared is from the inheritance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The concept of seeking knowledge, the concept of meeting one another, and I love you all for the sake of Allah, I must say that now. The concept of meeting one another and the concept of seeking knowledge is a byproduct of the essence of us coming together. It's not the essence. It's a byproduct of the essence. Our essence should be the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our, es- our coming together should be for the sake of building our jannah. Our coming together should be for the sake of making our scales heavier on the day of qiyamah. And this should be the reality behind each and every lecture or book that you will read for the sake of Allah or tape or CD that you will listen to for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the rest of your life. Never ever make the primary intention learning. Rather make it the worship of Allah. And if you are sincere in your intention, then inshaAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will teach you. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That be God conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal, Al Wahid al Qahar, Al Ahad, Al Fard, Al Samad, الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد الله سبحانه وتعالى will teach you so ensure that you make your intention sincere and inshallah with a sincere intention shaitan won't make you feel like your back is hurting or that you've sat too long because it's never too long when we're building our jannah alhamdulillah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our coming together a jannah building exercise ameen the topic presented, my dear brothers and sisters, for this particular evening is forgiveness. And this is a very important topic. It's a topic of utmost importance. For we live in a recession. We've just completed a financial crisis or still feeling the effects of it. We all know about the problems in security banking and repo markets and the crash that started mid-2007 and spread like wildfire from one end of the globe to the other. Amazing. And that was a recession. But as we digest that recession, it must be said that we ourselves live through a recession 
with regards to relationships, with regards to our abilities to work together with one another, with regards to our egos and its management. And if we contemplate over this particular point, or these points altogether, and we see the effects of it in committees of Islamic centers and masajid beginning to retrogress, or families altogether beginning to become disunited and apart. If we analyze this, we see that the core criteria behind it is our inability to forgive. Thus today, my dear brothers and sisters, I come to you, insha'Allah, insha'Allah, with something that insha'Allah is better, is better than everything this world can give you. Everything this world can give you, and insha'Allah will be the best for you in the akhirah. This topic of forgiveness. And to introduce this topic, I want to take you back in time. I want to take you back in time. Many, many hundred years ago. Many, many hundred years ago. Over 1400 years ago. To an incident that happened at the time of Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And as you listen to this, I want you to remember the topic for this evening. What is the topic? I can't hear you. Barakallahu feekum. The topic is forgiveness. Once when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the Muslims were returning from a journey to Medina, they were returning all together. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam took Aisha radiallahu anha on this particular journey. And on returning to this journey, Aisha radiallahu anha separated from the caravan for some moments. And this caravan departed thinking that she was inside her hawdaj. The hawdaj refers to this type of canopy that would be placed on the camels that would house the females. It's amazing, subhanallah. Right? Today we talk about air buses. Right? Big air buses. And it's amazing that at that time they had a means of housing uh, uh, passengers on top of a camel, which has a hump on top of it, subhanallah. So they thought she was in her cabin and the, this caravan departed. And when she came back, she saw that they were gone. So Aisha radiallahu anha decided to stay put where she was and decided to take that point as a resting point and said that what, what, what I'll do is wait here for inshallah they will realize that I'm not there and they will turn back and find me where they last left me. Now, it was a norm of the Muslim caravans then that they would have something known or they would have somebody riding behind at a distance, following this particular caravan, but at a distance. Why? In case something fell off, then this person would pick it up. We all know about cricket here, isn't it? These look like cricket faces, mashallah. So we know in cricket, they always place somebody known as a sweeper on the boundary, isn't it? In case there's a... uh, uh, a shot that uh, is, uh, meaning in case that the batsman manages to play his drive, right? And the ball goes through the cover and it's heading towards the boundary for a four. What happens? We have the sweeper on the boundary who picks up this cricket ball and makes sure that the four is not registered. So we can call this person a sweeper. This person would ride behind the Muslim caravan and ensure that there was nothing left behind except that it would be picked up and taken to Medina. 
On this particular instance, Safwan ibn Mu'attal radiallahu an was the sweeper. And he was riding to Medina behind this caravan and he witnessed this object in the distance. And as he contemplated regarding this object, thinking what it could be, and he got closer and closer and closer, he realized that this was the mother of the believers, Aisha radiallahu anha. And as it was said, he recognized her from before hijab was compulsory. So he recognized her and what he did was he got off his mount and he let her get onto the mount and he walked back to Medina with her on the mount and she got back to Medina safely, alhamdulillah. However, in Medina were the hypocrites, the munafiqun, and the head of them. And Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salu, the head of the munafiqun. When they saw this particular scenery, the mother of the believers riding, riding a mount, and Safwan radiallahu an bringing her in, they said this is a perfect opportunity to strike strife within the believers. And this was their, their ploy and plot. And this was their circumstance in Medina. So they started spreading rumors and accusing Aisha radiallahu anha of things which she would never ever do, which are far from her and her character radiallahu anha. They accused her of an illegal relationship with this particular sahabi. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise her ranks and protect her from the evil of those who do not respect her. Amin. Radiallahu anha. So they started spreading these rumors. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His divine wisdom let these rumors spread. It was easy for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to purify Aisha radiallahu anha immediately with, with, by sending Jibreel with ayat. Not so? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to let these rumors last a month or just over a month. And it became difficult and more widespread and wahi wasn't coming down. And the situation became intense in the home of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until he decided to stay away from her until revelation came. To, to purify the matter and clarify the matter. It was a test. Allah tested the believers. And Allah tested the Sahaba. And it so happened that some Sahaba, radiallahu anhum ajma'in, made a mistake. They felt prey to these rumors and affirmed some of the things that these hypocrites were saying. It was a mistake. We human beings and we're prone to mistake. They made a mistake. From the people who affirmed that which some of the munafiqun were saying was a person, a sahabi, by the name of Mistah ibn Uthatha. Mistah ibn Uthatha radiallahu an was from the relatives of, of Abu Bakr. In fact, the ulama say that he was the son of Abu Bakr's aunt, maternal aunt. And he wasn't well to do, Mistah. So Abu Bakr for many, many years was spending on Mistah being charitable to him. It was his relative. And Islam teaches us to look after those close to us. Right? So he was spending on... And, and the general nature of Abu Bakr was that he was generous. We know how many slaves he freed when Islam came about and the slaves were being persecuted. We know this from them. Uh, Bilal radiallahu So Mistah was from the relatives. He was poor. And he was from the Muhajirun. Meaning Mistah accepted Islam before migration to Medina. Radiallahu anhu. And he made this mistake and affirmed it. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after the prescribed time revealed ayat that purified Aisha radiallahu anha, ayat that will be recited till the day of Qiyamah. La ilaha illallah. This is honor for Aisha radiallahu anha. That we have ayat about her in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recited till the day of Qiyamah. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, La tahsabuhu sharran lakum, bal huwa khayrun lakum. In Surah An-Nur, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he mentions the story, he says, don't think that what happened and the delay in purification and the test that you went through was bad for you. Instead, it was good for you. She had ayat that would be recited till the day of Qiyamah. La ilaha illallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purified Aisha radiallahu anha. And when Abu Bakr radiallahu an heard these ayat, he became extremely upset with mistah. Now I ask you a question. Did he not have a right to be upset with Mislah? Did he not have a right? Yes or no? He did. This was his daughter. You my family member. I spend on you. I'm generous to you. You're supposed to be from the close ones. You're supposed to be from the ones who have good thoughts. And continue with good thoughts. And pick your side well when fitna arises. He had every right to be upset. This was Aisha radiallahu anha. His daughter number one. Number two, the wife of Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Number three, the mother of the believers. This was great upon the ummah. So, Abu Bakr took a qasam. That from today, I will never spend on mistah. From today, I will never spend on mistah. What is the topic today, my dear brothers and sisters? Forgiveness. Abu Bakr radiallahu takes a qasam that I will never spend on misbah. Again I ask, did he not have a right to do this? Did he not have a right? Indeed he did. Now what happened? This is the point of great of, of, of our interest. What happened? By Allah, by Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed ayat. Revealed ayat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا يَأْتَلِ أُلُوا الْفَضْلِ مِنْكُمْ وَالسَّعَةِ أَنْ يُؤْتُوا أُلِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And then what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَلْيَعْفُوا وَلْيَصْفَحُوا أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ لا إله إلا الله Listen to this, O servants of Allah. And listen to this, O children of Adam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed ayat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا يَأْتَلِي and in another qira'ah, وَلَا يَتَأَلَّى What does this mean? أُلُوا الْفَضْلِ مِنْكُمْ It wasn't for the people of honor and the people of financial standing and material well-being to take an oath, to take a qasam. Who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referring to here when He says it wasn't for the people of honor? Who? Abu Bakr radiallahu And this is an answer to those who are disrespectful to Abu Bakr radiallahu they're disrespectful to him, we say he's a man of honor. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said so. 
It wasn't for those of honor and financial standing and material well-being from amongst you to take a qasam, to take a qasam, to swear by Allah, never to spend on their relatives, never to spend on the poor, never to spend on those who migrated from Makkah to Medina. Who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referring to here? Who? Mistah. Did we not say earlier he was from the relatives of Abu Bakr? And he was, he was poor? And he was from the Muhajirun? Did we not say that? Yes. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to Abu Bakr? It wasn't for you to do this. Instead, forgive him and pardon him. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, we're not talking about forgiving someone when there's reciprocal harm. When you've harmed them and they've harmed you and we're saying, look, let bygones be bygones and forgive them. We're talking about forgiving a person when you are in the total right. And they are in the total wrong. And this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanding Abu Bakr, instead, pardon him and forgive him. Forgive him and pardon him. And listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ إِيَّغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Abu Bakr radiallahu an. Abu Bakr radiallahu an, a man who was given glad tidings of Jannah whilst he was in this dunya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, do you not love for Allah to forgive you? La ilaha illallah. Do you not love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you? Wallahu ghafoorur rahim. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most forgiving, the most merciful. This, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, is the topic of forgiveness. This is the topic of forgiveness. This is the great gift that I said I've brought to you today. Insha'Allah, the greatest gift of this world. And insha'Allah, the greatest benefit for you in the Akhirah, O servants of Allah. What will make us understand how important it is to forgive others? What will make us understand how important it is to forgive others, especially when we are in the total right? Understand, O servants of Allah, that if you wanted to know how important this topic of al-afu is, this topic of forgiveness is, then understand that al-afu is from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Did, did, did our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not teach us to say, Allahumma innaka afuun kareemun tuhibbu al-afu fa'afu anna? Did he not? Did our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not teach us to make this dua? Allahumma innaka afu. Oh Allah, indeed you are the one who pardons. This is from the names of Allah. And by Allah, it is enough for us to understand the honor of forgiving by just this particular point. By just us knowing that it's from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wouldn't you want to have some of the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You'll never have it at the level of course, but wouldn't you want to have those qualities? Isn't it enough for you to know that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen it as His name and made it from His qualities, that there's fadilah, that there's honor in this quality. And would you not want and love to have these qualities in you? Wouldn't you feel honored to be a person of forgiveness? Would you not? By Allah I will. So to understand how honorable forgiving is and al-afu is and forgiving others is, then understand that it's from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of all those who forgive. La ilaha illallah. 
Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is afuwul qadir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives you when he has all the power to punish you. La ilaha illallah. He doesn't, it's not a concept of forgiveness from a position of weakness. He forgives you from a position of strength. La ilaha illallah. He's, he's capable over you. He is capable over us, but He forgives us. La ilaha illallah. Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of all those who forgive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah, He commands to al-afu wa-safah. Wal-ya'fu wal-yasfahu. What is the meaning of al-afu wa-safah? The ulama have discussed this. And in the English language, we see translations such as forgive and pardon. And the scholars have said that these are two words that have reciprocated meanings, similar meanings. And they are from those words in the Arabic language which we can say, إِذَا اجْتَمَعَ افْتَرَقْ وَإِذَا افْتَرَقَ اجْتَمَعَ There are certain words in the Arabic language when they, when they exist independently, they share the same meaning. And when they come together in a sentence, they have different meanings. Like Islam and Iman. Like Islam and Iman. When Islam exists by itself, it's a word in an ayah or in a, in, in a hadith by itself, we say that Islam encompasses the meaning of Iman. And when we see Iman in an ayah or Iman in a hadith by itself, we say Iman here is encompassing of Islam. However, when the two words come together in one particular sentence, then we say Islam carries a specific meaning and Iman carries a specific meaning. So this is the same thing said about as-safah wal-afu. Some have said al-afu is adam al-mujazat bil-fi'l. It's, it's to avoid uh, um, redemption using actions. And as-safah is adam al-mujazat bil-qawl. It's to avoid redemption using your tongue. Sometimes somebody says something, you answer them back. That's redemption using your tongue. Right? So this is what the ulama have said. But in the Arabic language, al-afu refers to the same meaning as at-tams. At-tams. At-tams refers to erasing something. And that is why the, Arab, the, the, the Arabs would say, عَفَتَ الرِّيحَ الْأَثَرِ That the, the, the wind has covered the tracks. They use the word, this word al-afu. Right? So al-afu means to erase something. Right? And this word has been given to forgiveness. Why? Because when somebody does something to you, you do have the ability to redeem yourself. Right? To, through a concept known as redemption. On condition that, there's, that the, the redemption is equal to the harm received. We know that the sharia allows us to redeem ourselves. If somebody harms us, we are allowed to, we are allowed to redeem ourselves through the concept of redemption. On condition, there's mumathala. On condition, there's mumathala. That we are not excessive in our redemption. However, if you choose not to redeem yourself, then what has happened? What has happened is you have sort of erased erased the harm received. So this is al-afu. And this is as-safah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the people of al-afu and as-safah. So after you've understood really what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded Abu Bakr to, and in fact before I say that, some of the scholars say that al-afu is to forgive and as-safah is to forgive and forget. La ilaha illallah. To forgive and forget. There's a difference. Sometimes we forgive somebody, but we don't forget. And we tell them, I'll forgive you, but I don't forget. Isn't it? Right? Have we, have we heard that from someone before? We forgive you, khalas, it's okay. Let bygones be bygones. We have to work together. So let's work together, but know that I don't forget. فَخُذُوا حِذْرَكُمْ 
be away and tread the path of caution. Now, as-safah, as the scholars have said, some have said, is to forget. And this was a quality of Yusuf alayhi salam. 